Here we go. All right, let's just get right into it. So, like I said, I'd like for you guys to read the verses. So, if someone could pull up Acts chapter 5, 38 through 39. So, if this plan is in the undertaking of man, it will fail, but is, if it is of God, you will not be able to overthrow it. <sighs> this verse makes me <laughs> think about a lot of things, but first off, this idea that if it's built upon man, it will fail. And that's what I want to talk about tonight. If it's from our own work and from our own flesh, it will fail. But if it's built upon God, it will not be overthrown. And in this section of Acts, um, it was John and Peter, I believe. And they were in front of the council, in front of the priests of the day. It's the Sanhedrin. There you go. <laughs> um, and the people wanted to kill them, and they wanted to stop them, and... Gamaliel, who was one of the high priests and it was known in that day, said, no, like, just let it run its course. <laughs> let it play out. Um, because if they're from man, then who cares? <laughs> and if they're from God, then yikes if you kill them, <laughs> essentially. Um, so I want to talk about this dependency on God, and that's going to be a running theme throughout the teaching tonight. Um, so dependency, what does that look like? Let's go into Matthew Chapter 18, 1 through 4. Okay, so we're called to become like children. And that's a name I've heard a lot for God's people, God's children. God is the Father. Um, and I want to look into why is that type of relationship portrayed? Why is our seemingly default position child of God? What does that mean? When we say that, what are we indicating? Um, so I want to look more into that, but I want to go into 1 Corinthians 14.20 and talk about how this kind of seems to almost contradict Matthew 18, but I want to explain how it really doesn't. Brothers, do not be children in your thinking. Be infants in evil, but in your thinking be mature. So, in Matthew 18, Jesus just told us to be like children. Then, in 1 Corinthians, Paul says, do not be like children. But the key is after that. Do not be like children in your thinking. So there's that piece in your thinking. Because when Jesus is talking about it in Matthew 18, he's talking about it in humility. He's saying knowing your position before God, knowing that, <laughs> that God is more powerful than you and that he is your father and that you come to him knowing that you need him, knowing that you are dependent. And a lot of times children are called dependents <laughs> because they're in need. But Paul here says, do not be like children in your thinking, but be infants in evil. But in your thinking, be mature. And I think this is something I missed for a while because 
I was like, oh, I'm a child of God, right, so I am dependent, and I don't really know anything, and I, I miss that idea of maturing, um, because I thought that I always just had to be in this default position, but God really wants us to mature. He wants us to be children, but there's also other places in the Bible that calls us to be more than children, or not even more than children, but because we are his children in the beginning, but step into other roles. And I want to look into more of those as well. Um, same book of the Bible, um, or letter. <laughs> Let's go to 1 Corinthians 13, 11. So similar, I just wanted to reiterate that idea of maturity. And so just because we are called to be children of God doesn't mean that we're not supposed to mature in the faith. And I really had a disconnect for a while with that. Um, So giving up childish ways, childish thinking, childish habits, but also still having that reminder that God is our father, that we still are children, but we are maturing as children. Let's go to 1 Peter 2. Right, so there is this newborn infants, but then there's also this royal priesthood. And I wanted to bring that back based on what I talked about the last time you were here, uh, last, a couple Tuesdays ago. So there is that. We are the royal priesthood, but we are all also children. And when we're those newborn infants, we do long for spiritual milk. <laughs> we do need n- nutrients. We need those teachings. And by that, you will grow into your salvation and taste that the Lord is good. So... There is a time and a place to learn and as you grow, but we do start off as infants. And at that beginning stage, we need to be maturing, but we need to be really digging in um, and understanding that we can mature in our faith, but we also have to take the steps to mature in our faith. Um, And this is exactly what the writer of Hebrews is talking about next. It's Hebrews chapter 5, 12 through 14. Uh, keep reading 14 for me. Again, imagery or <laughs> talk of child. So this idea that we are children of God, again, but we are going on to maturehood. And we can only take milk for so long. Um, and when you think about it, I think... It's often really (laughs) exciting when a child grows and now they're eating adult food. It's this process of life. It knows that they're growing. They know that they are (laughs) 
able to not only take that nutrients from their mother, but now they're able to go beyond that. Um, yeah, and I think that's a big thing as well. I wanted to talk about the discernment. So at the end of 14, it says, for those who have the powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish from good and evil. So training up in that practice of discernment. And <laughs> a lot of times children don't have discernment. <laughs> children don't really know when to cross the road or not. <laughs> they, you have to teach them all kinds of things. Children, and even though I want to be a, a teacher, children are kind of dumb sometimes. <laughs> like, I'm going to be honest. You know, children are, they <laughs> don't know how to use fine motor skills. You toss them a ball and they just like flounder about. <laughs> you can push them over. Um, they're just honestly sometimes a nuisance um <laughs> more or less but but we know that we are teaching them and we are training them and that we want them to become assets we want them to become part of our family we want them to become more and so it's that idea of yeah like children need a lot of work <laughs> and at the beginning stage that's okay but the more we go on, the more we want to mature and the more that we don't want to <laughs> burden God because we haven't grown. And that's what the writer of Hebrews is saying. He's saying, you ought to be teachers. He's like, come on, guys. <laughs> like, we've been through this life stage for too long. Like, we should be at the next part. We should be further along. <sighs> so, yeah. And I wanted to point out to you... Um, in verse 12 it says the basic principles are of oracles of god i was kind of thrown off by that word oracle and i looked at it in the greek and it says the words are utterance of god but it also said um, some people interpret it as the context of the mosaic law and so the hebrews would be <laughs> their worldview would be knowing the contents of the mosaic law and so he's saying you know, we ought to be beyond this, and this is in the New Covenant, so we know the context of the law of Moses, but, like, what is next? What's the next step of maturity in our faith? Um, and so knowing that, knowing that the contents of the Mosaic law, I want to look at, before we get rolling with other verses, is, okay, we're called to be children of God. <laughs> we are called to have that position and that he is our father, but how do we become a child of God? Um, so I want to look at Galatians 3, 2. Let me ask you only this. Did you receive the Spirit by works of the law or by hearing with faith? So tying that into um, the Hebrews verse, like the context of the Mosaic law, did we receive <laughs> adoption? Did we receive sonship by that law? No, <laughs> we received it by hearing and believing the message of Jesus Christ, by having that faith. You receive the Spirit, and then like it says in, who's got Romans 8, 14? So if you receive the Spirit, and you choose to be led by the Spirit, you can be called a son of God. You can be born again. You can start this process of being an infant and growing into maturity. So keeping with this context of child, I want to also talk um, about how it said in Hebrews 5, distinguishing from good and evil and that discernment and being trained up. So let's roll with that while we go into 2 Timothy 
um, 2, 1 through 7. Stop at four, actually. We only need to go that far. So, um, yeah, I want to talk about this idea of where a child and Paul, who is writing this letter to Timothy, calls him his child in the faith. <laughs> so there's that idea of Paul saying, more scripture, imitate me as I imitate Christ. And if we are children of God, we should also have children in the faith through Christ. And so Paul has that similar type of relationship with Timothy. He's saying, my child be strengthened. Be strengthened by that. So don't just rely on milk. That will get you as long as you need, but you need protein. You need other <laughs> things to be strengthened. <laughs> and with that too, he says, share in the suffering as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. And so I kind of struggled with this idea for a little bit too. And I brought it up with someone else, so, so we're children, and then all of a sudden we're soldiers. And I'm like, I don't, how does that connect? <laughs> like, what is going on? Like, I don't think the Bible is promoting, like, child soldiers. Like, I, that's not biblical, I don't think. Or, I, at least, I don't think that that's what it, yeah, whatever. So, I, I wanted to see how does this make sense in the context of we're children, but we're also being <laughs> mature. And this idea that we are at war, when we become a Christian, and even though we're children of God, and God is love and kind, there is justice. God is love and just. And so, knowing that we're children of God, but we're also called soldiers of God and ambassadors, and there's lots of different names for us as God's people, um, but we are at war. And we are being trained up so we can fight that war. Share in the suffering as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. And so I want to <laughs> recognize that and not become this idea of just to be a Christian is to be a good person. And I've heard that thrown around as well. And no, like <laughs> there's, there's so much more than that. And I think to be a Christian and to be a good person is really childish in your thinking. <laughs> it's really the first step. It's that infant first thing that we recognize, but we have to continue to go to the Word and to go um, listen to God and <laughs> go into the Scriptures. Um, so I want to go next into Matthew 10, uh, 33 through 35. read that last night too <laughs> but I'm bringing it back up because this is Jesus <laughs> saying that he's bringing a sword and I don't know I, <laughs> I have to do some thinking on that and think about what that means and say okay but I've always heard Jesus as love and peaceful and then he says I have come not to bring peace um, 
what do I do with that? <laughs> and this is kind of, honestly, what I've worked through in this teaching. Um, how to, you know, reconcile that God is a loving father, and we are his children, but we are also his soldiers in a war. And there seems to be a disconnect, but, like, I want to work through that together. Um, so let's go into the portion of the Bible um, talking about the armor of the Lord or the armor of God that is frequently referenced, but it's Ephesians 6, 16 through 17. So take up these things, take up the shield of faith, which you can distinguish the flaming darts of the evil one. <laughs> we need <laughs> to protect ourselves, honestly. And children need that protection. But we are protected by the Lord, and we grow as soldiers. But if, <laughs> and I'll get into this more a little bit later, but if we don't, have a father if we don't have a commander we're just running around like taking our sword and slashing everything and <laughs> there's no um reason really if we're just i don't know if we're just running around like children and not mature in our thoughts and trying to fight a war we can't do that very effectively so we have to grow in maturity we have to say that we have a commander, and we have faith in that commander, and through that faith we pick up that shield, and we take that helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And I want to talk a little bit more about hermeneutics um, <laughs> and interpreting a text with a text. Um, and we'll talk about it more later, too, but I want to talk about this, the Word of God um, which I know many of us have had this revelation, and it's really been a big step in maturity of my faith. So, saying that the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. So that idea of, when people say the Word of God, I used to think that it meant Scripture, right? The Word of God, the written Word of God. And while I do think that the Scripture is there's divine intervention. I am all for the scriptures. The scriptures have changed my life. The things I have read in there have brought me revelation. We can't lessen that by saying the word of God is just scripture. Somebody pull up for me John 1, 1 through 3. So, if we do a little hermeneutics, if we take this idea of the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was God with, with God in the beginning, we can begin to understand that that Word <laughs> is the presence of God. <laughs> when we say, like, the Word of God, and when you look about it in Scripture, it's the presence of God. It's the Holy Spirit, essentially. And so, that sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. So, our weapon... What we fight with is the Spirit, <laughs> is the Holy Spirit. And it says, um, maybe somebody can try and pull it up, but it's the Word of God is sharper than a two-edged sword, cuts between joint and marrow. I don't know the... Uh, 
Hebrews 12. Okay. Hebrews. Sorry, what is it? Just so I can say it for the recording. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, but so it, the spirit cuts through. The spirit. So that verse that. Okay, yeah. So that verse that I was uh, talking about, the, uh, the word of God is sharper than a two edged sword. Hebrews 4.12. All right, back on track. So. But I wanted to bring that up because I wanted to talk about how the sword, and Jesus says, I have come um, all the way back in, where is that? Matthew, he said, I have come with a sword. And he's bringing the spirit. He's bringing that, that which will cut through. (laughs) That which will help us distinguish good from evil as we grow in maturity. (laughs) All right, this next verse, um, set of verses I want to bring up. Um, Let's just read them first, and then I'll talk a little bit more about them. Uh, All right, Psalm 127, 3 through 4. Uh, Read 5, too. Sorry about that. Keep going. Okay, so this verse has been taken out of context. There's this whole thing you can look up, the quiverful movement, um, and I think it's bearing the Lord's name in vain a little bit, but you don't have to quote me on that. But essentially, um, people were... So there's the 19 kids and counting. I don't know if you've heard of that show, but basically people are saying the more kids you have, the more quivers of arrow you have and the more powerful you have are essentially (laughs) um and so they they take this verse out of context and they're just like saying okay then we're anti-conception or all not conception um contraception yep the opposite they're they're (laughs) pro-conception yeah 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 yeah. Uh, yeah but but so they they take that and they think that the that children are assets and I've been talking about that, and yes, they can be assets. They can be, um, like for the Lord, you know, they can be, his quiver is full of them, but if it's overrun and you can't control them and you have 19 of them, like I think that's just, I don't have to put my whole spin on it, but honestly, like how can they be assets if you're not able to train them <laughs> properly? Um, and so I think it, it just gets into the fact that they also, like, just what you were able to do humanly, you can't. Ugh, okay. Anyway. Yeah, so that's, some people have taken this verse, but I want to redeem it in the sense that um, it says many children, um, but blessed is the man who fills his quiver with arrows, or who fills his quiver with them, and talking about children. And it says many children. It doesn't say as many as you can. <laughs> um, but we are weapons for the Lord. And we won't be put to shame. But arrows are used as a tool of accuracy. <laughs> so if you have if you have a weapon and you're, or an arrow and you're shooting it, what good is it if it doesn't hit the target? <laughs> what good is it if it is not accurate? And so I think that what this verse is saying that 
that we sh won't be put to shame when we speak to the enemies at the gate and that we are God's, we are like God's heirs, but we're accurate. He wants accurate soldiers. And I know that term maybe is a little bit polarizing, but he wants mature soldiers. He doesn't want to just send children out. <laughs> um, so I want to bring up one last passage um, that kind of ties us up a little bit in the sense of um, going that, that it's not how many children you have, it's the children that are trained, the children that are loyal, the children that are representing God's heritage faithfully. Um, let's go into Judges chapter 7, 1 through 8. This, <laughs> I sometimes just don't know what to think about this passage because they had the army, they had the people, but the Lord said to Gideon, there are still too many people. <laughs> and that idea of he had people who could have fought, but he wants people to say that it was God <laughs> who did it. He wants it to be evident that it is God who did this, going back to the very beginning, that if this is built on man, it will fall, but if it's built on God, it will not be overthrown. <laughs> and it's just, it, it amazes me that he could have taken upwards of 22,000 people into this battle, and he chose 300. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> and it's because... And even here, like, people have talked about and speculated what the difference, who drank the water and who lapped the water, like, what all of that means. But, and we can look into that, but for me, really, it's about God being passionate about his glory and it being built on God. And that he had, <laughs> well, some of them were really fearful and chose to leave, but he had people who were willing, but he said, okay, let's hold up. <laughs> Let's still make sure that it's built on me. And so it was interesting (laughs) 
to kind of start to wrap this up, um, in Luke's teaching last night, he had mentioned that his mom had said that a healthy church is a growing church. And so with all of this, I was thinking about places in the Bible where basically God was saying numbers, or like, I don't care how many numbers there are. And I think this is a good example where he's like, I don't care how many people there are, like, I'm still going to move. <laughs> um, but I do think that a healthy church is a growing church, but it's not necessarily in numbers, it's in our maturity. I think we, in order to be a healthy church, we have to be growing. In order to fulfill the call of God, in order to put aside childish ways, we have to be growing. And I'm overjoyed that we get to be children, and we get to have that position, and we get to come to the Father, and we get to go to Him (laughs) when we need protection, and we get to be perfected by him. Because we are his children, and we need him, and we can't do this without him. But also, if we're not maturing, then we're a burden. (laughs) We're not an asset. And so that's really what tied it all together for me, knowing that in that time we'll rejoice that when new people come into our church, it's so exciting. We see that they have so much to learn and there's so much to look forward to and they're infants and that is a fine place to be <laughs> there's nothing wrong with being an infant at the start but if you're an infant for like I was 20 years <laughs> and I think too this idea that, that we are in a war and I used to be that <laughs> I don't know like almost hippie-esque, like, peace, love, everything, everybody get along, and it's not that simple. <laughs> and if we, if we want to see change, if we want to see the Lord move, we're going to have to step up and be soldiers. <laughs> we're going to have to represent the king So, praying about what to do at the end, I don't really know. <laughs> um, just taking some time to, to recognize that our position when we became Christians was that infant stage, and how have you grown since? How have you matured? And if you haven't felt like you've matured that much, there, there will be some conviction, but how can we help you mature? Um, and in that sense, too, of how are we being trained up? Are we, <laughs> are we actively putting on the armor of the Lord? Are we being p- dependent, but also are we putting ourselves in positions to be dependent um, and taking that faith? <sighs> so a growing church, or a healthy church is a growing church, not necessarily in the physical and more people because the people who come into our church, I want them to grow. And I think that's really where I want to leave it um, and say that I am just excited (laughs) for the fact that I even get to be a child of God, but the fact that I get to go 
further in my relationship with him and with you guys. So I'm going to stop recording.